0: Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And on this episode, number 371, I have invited to the show the award-winning movie producer and New York Times bestseller, Devon Franklin, and his mom, Paulette.
1: And it really was the catalyst for everything to kind of come together, you know, and for my mother to bring together the village of, of hope and help in the form of my great aunts. And, you know, it was that tragedy of losing my father when I was nine years old. He died of a heart attack at 36. That really starts the journey that we, we express uh, in this book.
0: My path first crossed with Devon Franklin back in 2016 when I attended one of the screenings for his film, Miracles from Heaven, which features my best friend, Jennifer Garner, and I had the cool experience of getting to sit in on a press junket, and I recorded us asking her questions. I put the link in the show notes. Don't you worry. It's around the 32-minute mark. It's very raw audio, okay? Just so you know. It's not like high quality. But that film and so many other films Devon has made and written books, but this story is about his own personal journey the tragic loss of his father. And he recorded an audiobook with his mom and his mom's aunts, who all stepped in to help raise he and his brothers. And so if you're looking for a good listen this summer, if you're traveling or, you know, just with kids and they're playing in the backyard, it's a cool option because you'll hear from each of the aunts and hear more of his story. And it's just like produced in a way that's different from most audiobooks. So go check it out. It's called It Takes a Woman. Uh, But we're going to share a little bit of their story today. And Paulette will share that, you know, as a single parent, yes, your help can come from those around you and your family. And I want to kind of open your mind to those options. But also, there is one who is always available, your ever-present help. And she testifies to that truth in this episode. So let's get right to it. Here we go. All right, Paulette and Devon, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm thrilled to highlight your story with my community. Um, I was telling Paulette and Devon that I feel like it can shine a beacon of hope for any single parent that's in a similar situation. And I think, honestly, invite parents in general to allow extended family A role in the raising our kids. Like your kids are better off, right?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Let's get into your story a little bit. So it didn't start off easy. I'd love, I don't know, Devon or Paulette, which of you feels more comfortable talking and sharing where your story started?
1: Yeah. I mean, I can jump off because, uh, you know, in the book and being able to do this audible, original audio book, it takes a woman, you know, the jumping off point is me talking about being in the morgue and seeing my father there and my mother telling me and my brothers to go kiss my father goodbye. And so that really is the jumping point for the story. And it really was the catalyst for everything to kind of come together, you know, and for my mother to bring together the village of, of hope and help in the form of my great aunts. And, you know, it was that tragedy of losing my father when I was nine years old, he died of a heart attack at 36. That really starts the journey that we, We express
0: uh, in this book, Paulette. Tell us about these great aunts. Aunts, should I say aunts the whole time? Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Feels good. It (laughs) It feels right. Okay. Whatever you want to say. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Tell us about these ladies who came in. And was it an invitation? Did you have to extend one, or did they just make themselves
2: like right at home in your home? Well, I'll start off by saying that they have always been there. They Mm. helped me when I was younger. And um, so they've always been there and they're my mother's sisters. My mother had seven sisters and a brother and my mother has passed away, but three of them have passed away. But there's five left and um, they have been the rock of our family. And so when they saw what was going on in my life with the kid's father passing away, they just stepped in. I, I don't think I even said, can you help me? I think they were just there and they knew what to do and and how to handle the situation. And through that, I've learned a lot of things, you know, so I did a lot on my own, but they were there every step of the way.
0: And I know logistically in the times we live, we don't often live near families anymore and that's some of the challenge. And maybe it's a move that some moms have to make to get their kids closer to family, but were your aunts, like down the street, right nearby, available for driving and those kinds of things?
2: Yes, they were there. My mom was living then. And so she lived down the street, around the corner. Some lived, you know, a few blocks. Mm -hmm. But basically, they were there. If I couldn't pick up the children, my mother or another aunt would go get them from school. So they were always there. They were close by. I don't think anyone lived far away except Aunt Ida. And that really wasn't far. It was in Hayward. And so they were always there, no matter what. And even on Enos, she lived in LA, but she still helped.
1: She'd come up. She'd
2: come up. Okay. See, this kind of sounds like a dream. (laughs) 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 And
0: I was telling you that having watched my friends who are black, that I feel like black community does this a little better
1: Mm. than
0: I've experienced personally. And I even have extended family that we were close to and would come over, but there's a pride almost that I can do this myself. So I shouldn't need to ask for help. And it sounds like to me, these women were so integrated in your life already as trusted sources. And just like you said, a rock that it wasn't hard to be. Yeah. You know, get in my fridge, cook up some food, pick up the kids. Did you feel any kind of boundary to allowing them in? No, maybe
2: a little at okay. when I had my first son, I didn't let anybody hold him. <laughs> so. so Mom, are, you are you the <laughs> oldest? Are you the oldest? Okay. okay,
1: I'm the middle child.
2: Oh, the precious middle. Okay. Uh, yes. mm-hmm. So, other than that, um, you know, it was weeks before I would call my aunt and say, "Can you come over so I can do what I need to?" do But I didn't leave by holding. But then, of course, as you have other children, that changes because you see that you need the help. So,
0: you yeah. hopefully, you <laughs> hopefully see that you need the help. We all do. And it's whether you allow it. So Devon, what were some memories in your mind? I mean, you're grieving this loss, maybe not externally. Like I think you say in the intro, there were no tears. No. How did you process that grief and how did that aunts help you with that?
1: You know, initially, you know, the processing of the grief took the form of, and I talk about this in the book, you know, I didn't want to go to the funeral. Um, and so the 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 acknowledgement of that grief was even have even being okay with having the conversation. Like, it, let me put it this way: my res, the response that they had to me not going to the, not wanting to go to the funeral wasn't met with admonition. You're gonna go. It wasn't met with that. It was met with sensitivity. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Well, all right. We understand you don't want to go, um, but this is a memory you need to have. And, you know, and we think you should go. Um, and, you know, as a nine-year-old kid, I was still able to take that in and listen. And so what we ultimately compromised was I would go to the funeral, but I wouldn't go to the gravesite. I wouldn't go to the internment. And I look back on that and I say, wow, that was pretty amazing of the family to treat me on some level like an individual kid who, whose feelings are legitimate. And to validate those feelings by engaging with them and not saying, as some parents could have done and some, you know, elders could have done, hey, you're going to the funeral. We don't want to hear anything else about it. You got to go, end of story. That's not how they handled it. So even though I wasn't aware enough how to deal with grief, I do feel and felt like they were very sensitive to my grief and were very accommodating, you know, of of that grief in ways that even now I find very profound and uh, and truly amazing.
0: So I just did an interview with a counselor whose book is coming out, Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. Oh, mm. wow. And he talks about the role of moms and women that n- boys need them to stay safe and um, let them go eventually, but be that secure place. And I think that's what I like, a place where you can, have that emotion, not be forced to deny it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that is a gift. And I, would love to lean in a little bit more because Paulette, I know you and I both heard the stats. I've talked to other single parents who are burdened by the stats of the potential outcome for their kids because they're single parents. Like it's already stamped on them. Like your child, I'm going to read some of them that you mentioned Devon in your book three times more likely to live in poverty, two times more likely to be incarcerated. The half of them will graduate like from college. So you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is already decided for me. Mm -hmm. And the pressure, because as most moms, they're doing everything they can for the best outcome for their kids. And they're being already told that the the odds are stacked against them. And so what's the point? And how did you feel? I mean, did you have that kind of weight on you or- how did you feel in that situation as you're looking ahead and you have these three boys who are going to live without a father?
2: Well, I really, that was stacked against me, but I didn't let it be at the forefront of what I do and what I did. Um, My children, my sons were very, very, very important to me and I loved them. And as I say in the book, I can't, I couldn't fail them. So I did all I could. I tried to put them in the best schools. I tried to make sure they were taking tennis and bowling and whatever, whatever we could do, uh, we would do even this part's probably not great, but there are some people that I wouldn't let them play with. (laughs) So (laughs) you're protecting
0: um, them. Yeah, yes, yes,
2: I was, uh, you know, and when they would go out with their friends, I would go down to the car and get the person's license plate and their license number and find out who their parents were. I mean, they would hate that. They'd hate it with a passion. But I did it. And I said, Oh, well, you're just going to be mad because if the police happen to come and they ask me where you're at, I'm going to say, I don't know. That's not what mothers should do. Mothers should know everywhere that your child is going. So, yeah, those things were stacked against me, but my own intuition and my own how I wanted them to be was inside of me. So I tried to give them what I felt they needed to be successful and not fall into those categories, which they haven't. All three of them have graduated college. and. They're all great children.
0: I mean, Devon's okay. It's all right. It's all go. right. We got to, you <laughs> know, there's room to grow. There's, there's a lot to grow. of room. There's uh, always uh, just getting started. I have shared with y'all in the past, but I will tell you again my challenges in discovering and solving the problem of razors. Okay, so I would either forget to buy new ones when I was at the grocery store or I'd then steal my husband's razors. Well, Athena Club has solved the problem for me and the magic starts with their amazing razor blades that are surrounded by this water-activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid, which is the new gold star of skincare. You get a silky smooth shave that leaves your skin soft and hydrated and not stripped dry. And there's less irritation because you don't have to have as many passes, okay? Cause the shaving cream and the hair, they go through these blades that are spaced out perfectly. So it's a great option this summer because the razor kit is only $9 with free shipping. And it's gonna come with two blade cartridges, a magnetic hook for your shower, which is so fun. And you get to pick your handle color. So I know it's mine and nobody messes with it. I chose pink, it's my signature color. Um, You can choose whatever. They have black. They have white. They have all kinds of colors. If you want it to match your bathroom, you do you, boo. And bonus, you don't have to be like me a year ago and have dull blades because they will send you refills on your schedule. You just choose how often you need them and Athena Club will send them automatically with free shipping. You always have the best blades for the best shave. You're going to cut down on throwing away these disposable razors, you're just going to be getting the blades. Anyway, I would also suggest their cloud shave foam. I am not joking. Please run and grab it. It is life-changing. I do not say that softly, mildly, whatever. It's the truth. I love it. It makes me feel really special. So why deal with razor burn and wasteful disposable razors when you could be getting the best shave of your life with Athena Club razor kit? Get 20% off, your first order at athenaclub.com with the promo code DMA for Don't Mom Alone. That's athenaclub, A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code DMA to get 20% off. So as a piece of that, these aunts come in and your three boys, while they don't have that father figure, have these women. And we talked already about how they helped you attend the funeral. What were some other ways that they stepped in beyond logistics? Like how did you find them to be a help in guiding you, Devon?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is why I'm so excited about this book because, you know, I wanted to share how they've been a help with the world. Then also the world getting a chance to hear them firsthand in some Of those ways was just, you know, uh, we would used to hang out over my Donna's house all the time. like It was the place where we went every weekend and she and my mom, when we were younger, would take us to Chuck E. Cheese and we would have a lot of fun there. And then as we got older, um, you know, we would leave mom at the house and we'd go around Donna's and, you know, have our versions of, you know, sleepovers and parties with our friends. Like, you know, my my social circle, even to this day, like have taken on my aunts and my mom as their own. So even in high school, we would go over to my aunt's house and hang out all the time. So the, the impact was definitely beyond you know, just emotional or, or that type of support. It was also social too. Um, they, you know, they would cook for us, we'd watch movies together. Uh, we would just have a good time. It was just really about having a good time. And uh, you know, if there were certain things that were happening and they needed to kind of set us straight, they'd do that. Uh, but predominantly it was just about us having a connection and that connection took the shape and form of so many different experiences that um, I talk about in the book.
0: I've interviewed lots of people and parenting gurus, and it really has come down for me. It's love and connection. Oh uh, Yeah. The, the formulas aren't working. They don't work because every situation is so unique. And so it's really interesting to me that, one, Paulette, you already had a loving and connected relationship with these women to trust them, to allow them in. And then Devon, you have that relationship. And so even in the correction, you know, even in the, no, don't do that. That That's the stupid thing. It like (laughs) that you received it because you believed they had your best interest in mind. Yes. Right. You had a squad. You had your hype girls. They were for you. (laughs) <laughs> right
1: <laughs> yeah they, but all the time but, but also it's like but to that point about you're saying about connection
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and i think when people hear this book they're going to hear that connection for themselves but the key to that connection is caring caring enough about that child to make the connection uh and not thinking about control Right. Cause a lot of times it's like, oh, I want you to do this, do that, you know, versus like, no, who are you? What do you like? What do you want? You know, so I think that was so important to build a connection was the caring. Mm.
0: That's, that is so true. And the love. Yes. And the love. And the love. Yeah. I think we can't help support each other and our kids won't succeed if we don't care about them. Or I think having this bigger mindset, it goes beyond just these trophy kids but the kingdom, like, are we building a kingdom or not? And if we are, I'm for Devon's success as much as I am for my own, you know?
2: That's right.
1: <laughs> totally. And, and, and when you, but the thing about building the kingdom is sometimes that can have a very lofty, mm. almost theological context, you know, to build the kingdom is to build the people because there's no kingdom without the people of God. To build the people of God, we must care and love the people of God. To build. To love and care for the people of God, we must love the children of God because every person starts out as a child. And, and part of that is to understand who that child is yeah. and nurture that child to become who God created them to be, not who we want them to be. So it's really important when we talk about kingdom, you know, and I think my mom did a great job of this, of, of treating us like people first, you know, and, and each of us are different and catering to our needs. So uh, I love the idea that we can build the kingdom, but first by by really building the children.
0: Yeah, I hear that. I hear that your aunts knew you and your mom knew you. Talk to me more about that, Paulette. What tips do you have for the mom out there? Because as a single parent, your time is like non existent. Like, how did you make time to be a student of your kids to notice how unique? they were wired and each of these boys and make them feel loved and cared for. Well, it took a lot. <laughs> <laughs> did you have <laughs> like, did it have like a system? Did I mean, I'm yeah. guessing they're going off to school. Did you have, did you have to work outside the home? Like everybody's busy. How do we make time
2: to study and care for one another? Well, I just made the time. Um, I don't think I might've missed a few, but I don't think I missed not one back to school night. One play, one, anything they were in, I was there, you know, because you just have to. I like at the school when the youngest son, they were all in the school together. So we would have back to school night or classroom where you went to each classroom. I'd have to run from one class to the next class to the next class to make sure that I went to everybody's class. It's hard. But if you hang in there, if you don't have a village or other people you can call on, call on God, mm-hmm. because he'll be there for you and he'll help you. Because there were times the village wasn't there, but it was, you know, in if they were home at night or whatever, and I was with them that I might have felt, oh, boy, how am I going to do this? You know, but you just call on God when you don't have the village and and he'll be there to help you. Uh, And there's always hope. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. I don't matter what you might have arguments with your kids, might be knocked down, drag out, whatever. But don't give up. Hang in there hang in there because God's not going to let it go down. He's not, he's going to take care of you. And as long as you call on him, he'll be there. And so that's what I did on the times that, you know, I might've felt alone or I might've felt that, you know, there's nobody there to help me or, you know, whatever I was feeling. I called on, Him. you know, I made sure our kids went to church all the time, <laughs> every week. Anyway, you know, there were times that they didn't want to go, but they were going. Right, we and did. in fact, <laughs> a little incident where I had one of my nieces living with me for a while. And she, you know, she was older. I mean, like teenage, I guess. And, you know, she came to our house. And so we went to church every week. And she says, well, I'm not going to church. I said, yes, you are in my house. You go to church. And so, you know, my kids know, and they knew what I expected of them. And so I, you know, they might've thought I was a little strict or mean, but Um, you just hang in there. And like I said, if you don't have the village call on God and things will be okay. Okay. I'm curious, Devon, did you think she was strict or mean?
0: Yes. You did.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Did you know
0: that she loved you? Like I'm thinking that sometimes as moms, we pull back and we don't hold the rules because we're like, well, I want them to be happy. I want them to like me, but there's this balance here of, then we're just you know, letting my, them, yeah.
1: My, my mother was not concerned about those things. At the end of the day, <laughs> mother, I thought my middle name was no, because that's how often I heard it. Okay, um, you okay. know, can I do this? No, can you go? No, 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 just sit, okay. Um, but I think that, but I, but I'm glad because see, I think that if she was concerned about being our friend, then we wouldn't have the friendship that we have now. Hmm. Because she, didn't, she wasn't worried about being friendly. She's like, no, 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 the, you got to have discipline, especially as young boys. You know, you got to learn how to be accountable and responsible for yourselves. You know, in turn, we, we were doing chores when we were young, you know, five, six, seven years old, vacuuming and washing dishes and doing the laundry and cleaning up. All of those things we learned. And to this day, you know, we still do. Um, but she, she wanted to lay the foundation. And and I I love the idea of you know loving your child enough that that you that maybe you don't befriend them when they're that young because uh, you know at, at a certain point children need parents too um, and sometimes parenting is going to take take priority over over trying to be a friend.
0: That'll preach right there. That'll mm-hmm. preach right there. <laughs> so even if she was strict or mean, you felt loved and cared for.
1: Yes, 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 definitely. Definitely. My my mother was a disciplinarian for sure. (laughs) Don't let the sweet, don't let the sweet face fool you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, people, like you were saying earlier, people, you know, want their children to love them. And it's not that I didn't want my children to love me, but I was in child development for 23 years. And, you know, children want that discipline. They're not going to say that to you, but they do. They have much more respect for you when you do that. So even the kids that came to the child development center to this day, some of them still call me when they graduate. They call me their kids grow up. They call me and say, are you still in, you know, so children want discipline and it's better to give it to them than try to make them your friend. And discipline isn't cruel. Well,
0: it's cruel. It's it's a kindness <laughs> and a structure.
1: Yeah. Oh uh, yes, it can sometimes feel cruel <laughs> to the
0: child. It's not. It's, what is the verse? It's not enjoyable at the time, but right. right, necessary. Don't you feel like when it comes to fashion, women notice other women's clothing more than anything, like. I notice your shoes. I'm going to comment. I'm going to say, dang, those are cute. One pair of shoes that I get a lot of comments on are my Rothies pointed toe flats in the cute wildcat pattern. It's like a big animal print. So it's basically a basic, okay? I can wear it dressed up. I can wear it dressed down. And I'm telling you, I got the stinky feet situation. And even in the summer when I'm not going to want to wear socks with my flats, Uh, and you don't wear socks with these flats. I know that I can pop those puppies into the washer and not only will it cute, not only will I be comfortable, but I can wash out the stink. No problem. And I know that I'm helping the environment because Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. All their products are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. You cannot make this stuff up. They've repurposed around 125 million water bottles so far. You've got to check them out. Your new cute shoes that are going to turn heads are waiting for you. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash DMA. That's rothys r o slash DMA for $20 off your first order. One thing Devon and Paulette's story reminded me is the fragility of life and to say prayers of gratitude, to thank people in person, to tell my loved ones I love them and also to recognize this is why people get life insurance and one of our sponsors um, I wanted to tell you about because they have term coverage which is surprisingly affordable. You could pay a little bit each month to protect the ones you love. And if you're asking yourself how to do that, I would love to point you to Ladder. Ladder is 100% digital. No doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, you just answer a few questions about your health and the application. Just a few minutes and a phone or laptop and you can apply And Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time so you can find out if you are instantly approved. No hidden fees, cancel anytime, get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and they made the Forbes Best Life Insurance 2021 list. And finally, since life insurance costs more as you get older, now is the time to cross it off your list. So go to ladderlife.com slash DMA today to see if you are instantly approved. It's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash DMA, ladderlife.com slash D-M-A. Okay, so you talk about these aunts being a source of resilience, healing, your pathway to integrity and joy. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about if someone doesn't have that in their life, how do they find, if it's not family, how do you reach out? How do you include people in your life like that? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Well,
1: yeah. I mean, this is, but this is why I encourage everyone to listen to the audiobook um, and listen to, it takes a Woman because even if you don't have that in your life, you do now have it in your life. I mean, that's the beautiful thing and the powerful thing about technology. And there's so much knowledge uh, in this earth and that's available to us. Whatever problem we're looking to solve, there is someone who's written a book about it, doing a podcast about it, doing a YouTube about it. So that help now becomes your help. So whether or not you know that person directly is is irrelevant. It's about getting the wisdom that, that you need to make to get the life that, that you want or the healing that you that's available to you. So through this book, people can listen and learn resilience and hear wisdom and feel loved and feel like they have a family that cares about them because they do. Uh, so I, I don't want anyone to feel like if they didn't have the exact same upbringing and they may not have you know biological family or family around them. Let's say they're just from a very small family. Let's say people in their family have passed on. I don't want anyone like that to feel alone and that there is no help. There is. Uh, Any word that you hear, any book that you read now becomes part of your environment for healing and health and wholeness. And that's also one of the reasons why we we wanted to do this book is to uh, put this out there because we are in a time where people are lonely, people are isolated. Um, People feel even though we're more connected from a technology standpoint, we're more disconnected, probably from a community standpoint. And we wanted to do this book to really rebuild community and connection by sharing our family with anyone who has uh, the courage and the time to listen.
0: Modeling it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Showing how it's done, listening to their interactions live. And it's, it's a time capsule you've created too. Like that's my favorite about recording. Yeah. It's, it's like this evergreen source. It's their legacy lives on because you've captured it in this book. And that's such a gift to future generations. So thank you for doing it. Any last tips, Paulette, for the single parent out there who's, you gave them lots of hope and to hold on and to wait, God's doing a thing. He's not going to give up on you, but anything else that encouraged you and your journey? Just take
2: time for yourself also. Mm. Take time. It's, it's, it's a lot sometimes. And sometimes we don't take care of ourselves because we're so worried about them or worried about how we're going to get here or get there. So just take time for yourself, love yourself and love your children and remember God. And-
0: so good. We, we never mom alone if we have God's presence That's in right. us. So, yes. Well, thank you all for joining me. We will put links to the, sh- to the book and our show notes. And so appreciate you all taking time today to encourage us. Well, thank uh, thank you. you
1: so much, Heather, for having us. Just an honor to be here.
0: Oh, well, wow. Yes. Thank honored. you so much. I am honored. Thanks y'all for joining me. One thing I wanted to lean into a little bit is this concept of including others outside of our immediate family in the raising of our kids. And I find the older my kids get, the more I value a variety of parenting styles and voices in my kids' life. Even if it's different from something I'm reading or some uh, approach I feel like is quote unquote right, I think it provides flexibility in my kids' resources and in their toolbox to have that interaction with an aunt who may be a little more strict than I am or the aunt that's a little more easygoing than I am or just like Devon described. I think if we want everyone around our children to parent exactly like we do, we only limit our kids. That if we want them to be these people uh, doing the things that God's planned in advance for them to do, that's going to require in them a lot of resources and resiliency that can only be grown in a variety of experiences. And so if you ha- – I'm, I'm not saying put your kids in situations where you feel like they're unsafe, or there's abuse. I'm not saying that. I'm saying sometimes we can tend towards the other extreme and want grandparents and aunts and friends to parent our kids just like we do because I've been that person, and that only, it doesn't harm, but it doesn't help. And there is so much value in their growth and their ability to problem solve and navigate challenging relationships in the future if they've had those experiences. So for whatever it's worth, those my, that's my two cents on that. And oh, I'm gonna pray for us. Lord, I know that you are so big, And you know so much more than I ever could. I thank you that we have access to generations who have walked life before us. And although we can sometimes think we know better, I thank you for that humility of recognizing that you know best. And so, Lord, I pray that we would come to you and that we would lean into your leading, the Holy Spirit's prompting on who we invite to come alongside us and helping and growing our children to be the men and women that you've planned for them to be. I pray over the moms listening this summer as they're navigating lots of different situations, whether it's travel or whether it's camps or whether it's being home with lots of little ones, that you would fill her heart with the help that is available, with the hope that's available, even if there's no one else around her that she knows that that isn't a flippant thing. When you say, when David cried out, you are my ever-present help, that we can come to you and that we can try to ask for that supernatural help and I'll give you the opportunity to show up in a miraculous way. I Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives and continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Men, okay y'all, next week starts the summer of mentorship and I have gotten some questions because we're doing things a little bit differently. You don't have to do a single thing. We normally would republish old episodes and this year we're recording new ones. They will show up in your podcast player just like normal. The bonus thing is that every week, my VA Stephanie writes discussion questions and we give them to our podcast club leaders Well, during the summer of mentorship, we're going to publish those in the show notes so you can kind of see what questions we provide that can stimulate conversation with friends, even if it's one friend who you say, hey, well, you want to listen to this podcast and we can meet for coffee or take the kids to park or pool or splash park, whatever, and we can talk about it. I'd love to process this with you Um, so you can see that. And if you like it and you want to start your own podcast club, then as we head into fall, you can sign up to join um, our podcast clubs, leaders, and be a part of that Facebook group and get more support there. Uh, so anyway, that's what Summer of Mentorship is. We uh, have a little graphic in today's show notes that if you want to share with friends on social media or with your church or whatever, you can do that. And I'm, I'm really excited. It's actually past guests, but new interviews. So. That's super fun. And we're going to focus in on your mom brand. What makes you unique? Your values, your assignments, your challenges. And we're going to display lots of different mom brands and help you figure out what yours is. Uh, something I talked about in one of my chapters in the book, Don't Mom Alone. If you haven't bought that book, that would be a great audiobook for your travels. Go check it out wherever books are sold, Don't Mom Alone. So I'll see you back here next week for our first summer mentorship episode with Helen Smallbone. She is the mom of for King & Country singers, Joel and Luke. And it's gonna be great. I can't wait. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to DontMomAlone.com.